0: You guys so much for joining the One More Idea podcast. This podcast is a place for you to get motivation, self help, and uh, get some life changing business ideas. And, you know, we always say that uh, Thomas Edison says, I have not failed. I found 10,000 ways that won't work. All he needed was one more idea. And that's what me and Michael DeLuna are going to do today. We're going to sift through all the bad ideas and give you one more good idea, a life changing idea. Isn't that
1: right, Mike? Yes, absolutely correct, man. And I don't think that you can have enough encouragement and inspiration throughout not just your day, your week, and your life. And that's what this show does, man. So I'm fired up and ready to do a great episode today.
0: So we hope that you guys enjoyed today's episode of the One More Idea podcast.
1: Hey, Michael. Michael DeLuna. How's it going, buddy?
0: Oh, man, it's amazing. It's an amazing day, and it's a good day for uh, for podcasts.
1: I agree. It's always a good day for that.
0: sure is. <laughs> well, man, why, why don't we, let's give a shout out to those listeners. We know you're there. We know you guys just, you know, y'all are just hanging on. Y'all are listening. Yeah. yeah. We have everything that life's throwing at us, but you guys keep coming back. And even if y'all weren't coming back, we'd still be doing this because we both like to hear ourselves talk.
1: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> Shout out to you guys and uh, everybody else in the world who's listening to the One More Idea podcast, man. Well, I'm ready for some uh, for some blitz ideas.
1: Yeah, I got I have some too, man. So I hope you're ready. Um, I want to start off by saying one thing, man. Uh, be on time like that's the idea mm. number one like uh be punctual man like nothing uh and i'm i'm guilty i was setting up some technology <laughs> stuff and uh supposed to have been on this podcast so i'm talking to myself uh, but seriously with all jokes aside like uh being punctual shows that you respect time you respect somebody else's time and you respect your time and uh man it just it does something when you walk into a meeting or uh, and, and the guy or the girl that you're there to meet is like they waiting for you. I mean, it's just it's just it's a refreshing thing to see that people still can can be on time for for things. Well, and here's
0: I want to add to that. Uh, I was, let's see, 30 minutes late to a meeting I had once. Uh, I actually was asleep and uh, it was um, <laughs> the director of the band was interviewing me to be a leader in the band and uh so i'm kind of i'm going to add something to that okay be on time but there's a kind of a secret to even if you aren't on time be on time more often than not because i'll explain what happened and then kind of the benefit that came um i'm always a person who's early stays late and this particular time i'm sleeping in because i thought i had nothing um so my phone rings and my heart sinks because I remember, oh, my gosh, I had a meeting to be the section leader. And I answer, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. Um, I completely forgot about this meeting. And I just, I'm, like, freaking out. I'm like, look, I get it if if you if I, I'm, like, not considered to be the leader anymore. Um, and I'm just, like, sending him this thought-felt message, just like, Given everything I've got to just like, look, I get it. I'm late. Please just like, forgive me. Well, he messages me back. He says, look, uh, can you get, how soon can you get here? I said, I'm on my way right now. He said, great, let's still meet. It's all good. And he called me and here's what he said. And here's, here's kind of the, the little side note. He said, I've got a bunch of change in my pocket for you. Because he said, Mike, you're somebody who goes above and beyond and does so much. I'm just taking one of the coins out, but you still have a bunch of change left, bro. Like, you're good. You, you're somebody who this this isn't even a big deal to me. you know. Right. Uh, and I heard somebody say once, it's not the first thing that gets you fired, it's the last thing. Right. So make sure that you're putting a lot of change in the pocket you know and and he was like okay i'm cashing just one of those coins but you still have a bunch of coins in the bank you know so uh yes don't be late but like you know mike you still got a bunch of change in my pocket i still got a bunch of change in my pocket i just pulled one coin out but you still got like a million dollars with me bro like right yeah you'd have to like do something really messed up (laughs) you know than just being late but uh and, that, and I think that should be an approach for most people with their jobs is do as many things as you possibly can, as much as you can, that puts change in your boss's pocket, so to speak. So when that one thing does happen, they're like, oh, you know what, man, it's really not a big deal because you always do this and this and you're somebody who does this. And I don't mind making an exception because, man, you you give so much to this company. We value
1: you so much. Yeah, I love it, man. I I think um, I think that like, but you know, high producing people like you know my. I think that we're we're kind of bred to not have excuses, and uh, I think a lot of times, I I I do agree with that. I I don't know how many bosses. I guess we have this. I guess mindset that bosses are like, not. I I okay. Well, let me just back up and say this: the bosses I've had in the past. Have taught me to be um, like mistakes are not acceptable, if you will. So for me, I would have thought the same thing you thought. Like immediately, I would have been like, "Okay, I'm probably not going to be considered for this role anymore." But uh, but because you did so much in the past to prove yourself, I guess um, it was no big deal. So, but I've on the other hand, I've had bosses that would have would have like fired me if I was like five minutes late and for a whole year I wasn't late at all you know I just kind of got used to being around these hard-nosed people that and, and actually they really did help me become better at time management because I was always scared like they're gonna like I'll get in trouble you know so um yeah I'm that type of person where I feel like no big deal you know we'll just blow it off but there are others out there that just don't see it that way but that's a great um Analogy with the coins, man. Adding up, adding Mm -hmm. up coins. I love it, man. So what about? uh,
0: Here's here's my blitz ideas. Okay, I'm gonna blitz them. This is something my wife sent me. Reading twenty pages per day is thirty books per year. Saving ten dollars per day is thirty six hundred and fifty dollars per year. One running one mile per day is three hundred and sixty five miles per year. In I love this one becoming 1% better per day is 30 times 37 times better per year. So small in the big idea behind that small habits are underestimated. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and I'm going to talk about these other ones real quick. Uh, This is Steve jobs. The ones who are crazy enough to think that they can change the world are the ones who do it. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Every day is a change. is a change to be better. Um, so it, it, I thought that said chance, but it says change. So with every day comes like a new opportunity and kind of like what, you know, the biggest thing that you said, uh, was kind of a defining moment for you was looking at every day. Like it's your last day, you know, but okay. And if today were my last day, but then I wake up tomorrow, it's a new day. It's, you know, the possibilities are endless like um you know and then here i got two more for you the definition of grit so grit is a noun and it, the definition is strength of character and perseverance and passion for long-term goals and i think uh you know like pastor kazi he brought a fire message sunday and one of the biggest things he said was uh, i forget which i think it was eisenhower or uh, it was during world war ii they had interviewed the uh, president or got him to speak at a school and he got up and all he said when he got up to speak was don't give up. Don't ever, 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 ever give up. Do not ever give up. Don't give up. And then he sat down and that was like his whole speech. (laughs) Like to me, that is grit, you know, talking to somebody who was in it through world war II you know, well, what was his mindset? Don't give up. Right. You know? And then right. the very last thing kind of comes full circle is success is the sum of small efforts uh, repeated day in, day out. That's Robert Collier. So, uh, you know, I, I truly believe that you hear me say this a lot. Um, we're, we're not in a 3K type of sprint. We're in a marathon. You know, life is a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's not a quick, easy fix. You know, it's it's a committing to the long haul. It's it's a uh, committing to the process. You know, a lot of people they want the McDonald's of goals. They want the the McDonald's of just like, you know, snap my finger, then boom, I have whatever it is that I want. But what a lot of people don't realize is when you look at those people who are a success, there is years and years and years and hours of effort that went into that small little moment that you see you know that that you consider success there was the perseverance there was the grit there was the long hours uh staying up all night there was the sacrifices not hanging out with friends because you know you have to devote yourself fully to this you know there was the sacrifices in pay cut there was taking a job that you didn't necessarily want to do but you knew you had to do because that was a stepping stone into the life that you wanted to live you know so uh, right Anyways, kind of getting on a tangent there. The no, that's good. Say, and then I'll kind of pass the baton to you. Um, Grant Cardone, and I think this is a little idea that could be a big idea or maybe a medium idea. I don't know if – well, he wrote a whole chapter on it, but I finished the 10X book, okay? Mm-hmm. And I've got to say it's probably – I would put it at the top three of best books outside of the Bible that I've ever read in my life.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Have you read it, Mike? Yeah, I have a copy right here on my shelf, man. I read it twice. I actually, funny thing, man, is I um, I reread that book every January of every year. Mm. I've done that, I've done it for about three years, and I've been in a different state every January, every year. And uh, something else has jumped out at me every time I've reread it. So, yeah, man, I have it. I, I, I love it.
0: Yeah, I did not know that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So he. So, yeah, I read it. I could not stop listening to it Um, and knocked it out like in one sitting. Okay. Now, I will say it was the audio book, so it wasn't – it was like three or four hours, but uh, still. Um, So he talks about taking action, you know, and he says a lot of people, they just wait until they have all the details to figure out. And then a lot of times they miss all these opportunities that they could have had if they would have just jumped in and just went for it. He said, so let's say there's a guy that that you know you need to call and you're trying to figure out everything that you you need to say to him just to get on the phone with him and talk him through like a sale, or like a meeting or whatever it is. He said, man, what are you waiting for? Just call him up and just make the sale." Like he said, so many people are there. He says you have to overcome fear basically is what it is you know it's it's fear and he said be confident be you know what you have is good and sell it you know talk to that person and uh that is how i've always been man like in i don't know if i got it from skateboarding or where it came from but that is and what i love so much about 10x is that there are a lot of things that he put into words that i do yeah like, uh yeah except for the whole ten x mantra, which is you know uh, if you want x amount of dollars or goal or whatever it is, you have to do multiply the amount of work by ten. you know like he said when he started a business, instead of just calling like one person, he would call ten people and instead of one investor, he'd call ten investors right in you know, that way because there's a bunch of unpredictable things. anyways, I'm kind of getting on a tangent about it. I should probably we should probably do a whole podcast about ten x. Yeah, we could do that. We could do that.
1: There's so but much.
0: It, we need to. That. Let's do that. <laughs> Not today. Yeah. Because yeah. I know you got something, but we will. But anyways, take action. What What is it right now that you can do right now that you're waiting for God knows what and is holding you back when you could just, you know, make that call and go for it? You know, just go for it. Just give it a shot and you'll never know until you try it. You know, and that's, that's the deal. Like sometimes you just got to throw yourself. Like I'll use the analogy of me when I was skateboarding. I remember the first time I ever tried to do a trick down a seven stair. Um, I was really scared and I'd never done something down something that big, Mm -hmm. you know, and my friends weren't with me. And usually we push each other and it's like, we talk about it. We analyze it and we like figure it out and like, one of our friends might go for it and we see that as possible. And then we all go for it. Well, it was just me. And right. I was like, either I can go for it and just go all in, uh, and just land it and hurt myself and like, you know, break my board maybe. Or what if I can just like ride as fast as I can and Ollie and just like, kind of get the motions, you know, like just right. like literally throw myself down the stairs and not necessarily going all in, Uh, but I am going all in, but I'm just seeing what it's like to just like jump over the stairs. So the first thing that I did is I ran as fast as I could and just jumped and I was like, okay, so that's, that's not that bad of a fall, you know, my body can handle it. And then the next thing that I did is I just rode real fast and then just popped my tail and threw my board out and just jumped with the board halfway underneath me, halfway not in like. I went for it about fourth try in in what you would call stuck it, where I ollie over the seven stairs, which is pretty tall, like almost as tall as me, or halfway, Mm -hmm. and landed on the board. Dude, I got fired up, man. I called my friends. I was like, you guys have to get here. I almost landed this. they're like, what? Man, that is sick. That's so cool. And then they got there, and I landed it. But then I snapped my board. You know, right right when I landed it. But it was this whole process of like going for it and failing and getting back up and going for it and failing and getting back up and going for it and failing and getting back up and going for it. And and then, boom, I landed it. Right. You know, and that's the process of taking action, not not just waiting, but just taking action and just going for it.
1: Yeah, I love (sighs) it. Yeah, I love that, man. Um, I think that um, attitude has a lot to do with it and uh, just uh, being prepared is important because I, I have this list of the ten and I'm just gonna go ahead and blitz these, but it's ten things that require zero talent. And the first one is is being on time, which is where I got that from. The second ethic work ethic. The next one is effort. The next one is energy. Number five is body language. Number six is passion. Number seven is doing extra. Number eight is being prepared. Number nine is being coachable. And number 10 is your attitude. Um, these 10 things require zero talent. And if you can do these 10 things, you literally will be more advanced than somebody that has maybe more talent than than you do. So I thought that was pretty cool to just share.
0: Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and man. That, and the, I love this whole uh, the whole thing about you know things that require no talent yeah um because so many people they think like Michael Jordan you know they look at his talent you know and John Maxwell talks a lot about Michael Jordan his talent was not enough like it, everybody mistakes his talent for the thing that for his success they say the reason why he was successful is because of his talent and John Maxwell always says no it was because of all these other areas, like the areas you list. He, right. You yeah. Know, yeah. And that and that was his success had l- less to do with his talent and more to do with the things that didn't require talent. Right. So, anyways. Well, That's man, awesome. I'm excited to hear your big idea. Let's let's jump into that, man.
1: Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. So, I, I'm in the process of reading a book. Uh, I'm doing a book club, and it's called Never Split the Difference, and it's by Chris Voss. And you and I, like man, we're always there's always a book around. And uh, I found this page that I wanted to share with all the listeners. And if you ever ever get the book, it's on page number 11, and it's a guy named Fisher and Uri, and Fisher and Uri are um, expert uh, system guys. And what they came up with was a way that you can um, negotiate and, and the, the thing is it's called it's called getting to yes. So whenever you're you know working out something in your mind and then you go to somebody else because life is full of negotiations, man. Like if you're uh you know, negotiating a salary, if you're negotiating like uh, for what you do, like leadership. I mean, you have to go to other people and sell your your idea to to them. And uh, sometimes you have to uh, sell your vision. Sometimes you have to sell your um, your your thoughts and the way your systems are going to be set up. Well, well, this guy, these two gentlemen came up with a system, and I'm going to talk about that today. It's four basic tenets is what they call it, and it's ways that you can basically um, basically get your way with pe- with people and and form a very healthy negotiation and i'm just going to dive into number 1 it says separate the person the emotion from the problem so if there's an issue that you're needing to negotiate you have to separate the the emotional part from it and then number two is, is is my favorite. It says don't get wrapped up in the other side's position. It says what they're asking for. So if you have somebody on the other side of a negotiation and they're asking for X amount of dollars or like this guy is uh, an expert hostage negotiator that wrote this book. And he was saying that you would go into... A negotiation with a hostage, with a hostage or a a hijacker or a kidnapper. And these people are not the easiest people to, to reason with. They, they're going to kill everybody if they don't get $2 million in our airplane to, I don't know, the Middle East or, you know, China or wherever, doesn't matter. And you can't split the difference. Like you can't go to them and say, listen, you give me two hostages and you can keep two and we're good. Like they have to like literally negotiate with these people to talk them into releasing every hostage, which, dude, that's pretty intense if you think about it. But I like I'm geeking out on this book because it's teaching you how to like sell your story or sell your side of what you're wanting to happen. So the number two is saying don't get wrapped up in the other side's position. Number three is work cooperatively to generate a win win option. And number four is establish mutually agreed upon standards for evaluating the possible solutions. So I wanted to just give everyone out there, at uh, you know, a couple of things that they can use when they're when they're negotiating, whether it's negotiating at, at, for a car, whether it's real estate, or whether it's just going to your employer and saying, listen. Would you agree that I come to work at, on time every every day? Yes. Would you agree that I've improved production around here by, you know, a huge amount? Yes. Would you agree that it's time for me to, to receive a pay raise? Uh, well, yeah, uh, we need to talk about that. So these little things, man, a lot of times people don't know how to position themselves to win. When, you know, we were just talking about the 10x rule. We were just talking about, you know, uh, Michael Jordan. Well, one thing that I know about top leaders, CEOs, pastors, you know, they know how to go in and negotiate because they have to sell themselves and they have to sell messages and, you know, sermons and the beliefs that they have to other people. So anyway, I'm a, I'll just go ahead and like let you dive in on on that and uh well, kind of share you, your thoughts. Can-
0: so recap one more time each four areas
1: yeah man yeah so so number one it, it says the system is easy to follow and seductive with four basic tenets is what these guys call these these ideas the first one is separate the person the emotion from the problem so don't get emotional about what you're trying to negotiate don't don't be too tied to the end result is what I'm getting out of that. Number two is don't get wrapped up in the other side's position. And it has in parentheses what they're asking for. And it says, but instead, focus on their interests. Why are they asking for it? And it says, number three is work cooperatively to generate a win-win option. And number four is establish mutually agreed upon standards for evaluating possible solutions.
0: Say that one one more time.
1: Okay. Number four is establish mutually agreed upon standards for evaluating those possible solutions.
0: I'm writing these down. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, Because it's pretty. It's really good. So here's kind of my thoughts. Okay is I just kind of look at each one of these areas. Okay. Um, And and let's just say I'm negotiating. You know, you are, I have a good friend of mine. He says, every day you are selling somebody something. He says, a lot of times people think it, it has to do with business. But he said, you're selling people your ideas constantly. He said, so why not figure out a way to communicate um, in a, an appropriate way on how to sell yourself, right? So uh, it's kind of what he was getting at. It, and I think this is a pretty good system. You said this guy's really good at systems. This is a pretty good system because the first one, which I love, as a leader, you have to disconnect from emotion because yes. – let's say you're having a bad day and all you you have so much hope and so much promise for somebody they've already promised you they're gonna make that that purchase right and it's a big one and this purchase is that thing that you need to take your business to the next level and let's say you talk to them and then they say no right and then because if, if you don't have this step one, if you're not disconnected from the emotion with the problem, then what's going to happen. You, if you lose control of your emotion and yep. you freak out and kind of pop off and have a bad attitude with this person, you might lose that cell altogether. Yeah. Cause it's l- true. You know, and I've experienced stuff like that yep. because, you know, just because they say, no, I love this. It doesn't necessarily mean no. It just means not right now. That's that's something that I've always lived by is that, you know, okay, somebody's telling me no, it doesn't, in my mind, I can take that as a not right now because they might come back later on. You know, um, they're just telling me no. And there might be a whole bunch of other reasons behind the scenes that I don't know. Maybe they just, their spouse got in a wreck. And, you know, so that just being able to disconnect the emotion Right. I feel like is a huge, huge, huge thing because when you need to make a decision as a leader, if you can't uh, con- keep your emotions under control, um, you're not going to be able to uh, make a decision effectively. And I'll take it a step further. If you take things personal and yeah. uh, it- let people in what they say and what they do um, affect you on a personal level, uh, even if, let's say, they're personally attacking you, man, you're not a good salesperson. Man, you're not a good leader. Man, you're not a good musician. Man, you're not a good husband. Man, you're not a good, uh, you know, father. Man, you're not a good. What you fill in the blanks, whatever, whatever they're saying. Right. Sure. Like, if you let that affect you, you're not going to be. You're going to be holding your. That's going to be holding you back. You know. So that's the first thing. If you can get over the hurdle of not letting people affect you personally, you'll be unstoppable. If your emotions can't hold you back, you'll be unstoppable. Uh, Don't focus on what they want, the other side's position, uh, what they are asking for. Focus on their interests. I do think uh, that one's pretty interesting to me. Um, So basically what you're saying is to focus more on like getting to uh, like what makes them tick, I guess their interests, what, what, what do they really, you know, not what they want out of this cell, but like, let let me just spend some time getting to know them and like what they're into period. Yeah. Let me just kind of be about them. Not so much what they want out of this, but let me be about them as a person and kind of just flip that a little bit. I would say to focus on just getting to know the person and being relational And not so much focusing on, like, when you look at them, you see dollar signs, but, like, you know, focus on, like, okay, this is a person who has needs. They have needs that need to be met in life, period. Even outside of this sale, there's a whole bunch of other things that they'll need. So maybe if I can help them with their interests and achieve their goals and the things that they want, you know, and you see that in negotiations a lot in movies. Hey, buddy. Yeah. What What do you really want, man? Because uh, yeah, you have hostages. True. I have a job to do. You have a job to do. What are you really trying to do? You know, what do you need? Oh, man, I'm just so upset. I can't pay my bills. Or <laughs> you know, I don't know what it yeah. is. But yeah, yeah, you see it. <laughs> what? And then that kind of leads to the work cooperatively for a win-win solution. You know, like uh, I think when I'm negotiating a lot of times it's like, well, I may have presented an idea and then somebody else presents an idea. And then we're kind of at a, uh, a stalemate. Cause we're like, we don't know what to do. My right. favorite thing to do in that position is to say, why don't we do both? Why mm-hmm. don't we figure out a way to do both of those things? You know, and I have, that's how I would flip that, you know, try to find a way to do both of the ideas, you know, like, uh, let's say there's a bigger sell that you want to make with them um, and they're interested in it, but they just don't have the money. Well, maybe you can do something that meets the, the immediate need that they have. And then you can work towards the big thing, you know? Right. Uh, right. And that comes back to the whole, no, doesn't necessarily always mean no. It just means not right now, you know? And so many people like, man, it's the most annoying thing when I'm with a salesperson And they just will not take no for an answer. There's like no wiggle room. Just like I have to just kind of be like, leave me alone. I'm going, you know, bye. I don't want to have anything to do with you. Because like there's no like either you do this or it's nothing. You know, it's like, sure. well, maybe we can get kind of close to that. You know, like get me in the ballpark of like just doing business with you and then work up from there. You know, like I know you want a hundred thousand dollar sell, but what if you just right. you know get something right now for a couple grand, keep me in your business and I get to trust you, you know, and then over time, you know, three years down the road, boom, you get that big sell off of me. You know, that's right. Um
1: Hey Michael, is that better?
0: Yeah, that's better, man.
1: I don't know what happened, man. Uh, no, mm-hmm. I could dive kind of edit it.
0: Yeah. So it was uh, so maybe you could break down that last one for us, Mike.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So number four is established mutual and agreed upon standards for evaluating those possible solutions. So the thing is, is a lot of what these, what this negotiator does is he repeats back. Uh, okay. So you, you gave an example. Well, like things are going bad for me. My life sucks. And I've got these hostages because I'm trying to make a statement. well, what they usually do is say, so what I hear you saying, Michael, is that you're holding these people hostage because you're you're just not in a good place. You're unhappy. There's some things about your life right now that just aren't making sense. And, you know, you're just using these hostages to just get attention. Is is that what I hear you saying? Like they're just trying to like kind of they're evaluating the, a list of what you already gave me your demands are. And so they're just kind of like going through it saying, is, is this what I really hear you saying or is there something else? Like the, the best example I can give is what you just said about salespeople. Like if you say no to me, then I'm going to find out like, okay, do you need more information or is it really a no? Like, is this product just not going to work for you? Or is it that you're just not ready to make a buying decision yet because you're still unsure of, how it benefits you in your life. So in essence, that's kind of what this is saying is that, you know, there's just all the solutions that are there. You have to analyze them to make sure you can pick out one. That's a win-win situation for both, for both sides. And I mean, it never really wins. Well, it's never going to really end well for a hostage um, situation like um, a kidnapper or a hijacker. I mean, you already know what typically happens in the movies to them and in real life they usually surrender they go to jail or they get shot but from a negotiation standpoint if they walk away with their life then they actually won because these negotiators are really really good at what they do and so anyway i just i I love the other example is that a negotiator has to get it all because they can't split the difference which is where this book comes from never split the difference they can't say Okay, Mister Hostage, uh, Mister Hijacker, we'll give you two hostages, and you give us two, and we'll call it a day. Like they can't do that; they have to go for for it all, or they lose. Hmm. You know, so pretty interesting, man. So <clears throat> you kind of reminded
0: me of something that I heard recently. Mm-hmm. And
1: this guy
0: Andy Andrews, in a book that he wrote called "The Little Things," mm-hmm. he talked about change. He he said, you know. I was invited to a bunch of different businesses over the years to speak about change and to the point where they would literally even write down what they wanted me to say. And he said, he just got tired of it because he felt like there was something off about it. There was something missing. And he was like, man, people care so much about change. And he said, there's gotta be like, he's like, I'm missing something here. There's gotta be an idea or something that sums this up that is could be a breakthrough to help people change and he said what he came to find out is that through all the years of speaking and writing and talking about change he always saw that there were two components to it no exception he even said you know if you find an instance of change where these two things don't exist write me let me know i'll completely just like take back what i said But he said, I have never seen an instance where these two things didn't exist Mm -hmm. with change. And he said, the first one is that people want to know when we're talking about change, they want to know what's in it for me. Mm -hmm. They want to know what what are they going to get out of this? What how is this going to benefit them? What you know, like they want to know what's what's in this for me with any any kind of thing that you're trying to get somebody to change with and then the second component of change is they want proof beyond a reasonable doubt you know that show me the numbers show me show me how this is going to benefit me show me how this is going to work show me you know on paper show me the statistics like show me the whole details of it like show me proof beyond a reasonable doubt that this is going to work like think about banks with investment you're trying to get an investor or even an investor not even just a bank to invest in your business they're going to want to see the system on how it works you know like right. like go back to billy joe who's working nine to five and he shows up early stays late he does more than than is required of him and uh you know all the managers are talking and they're like okay should we promote billy well what's they're gonna think because you're trying to get your managers to change what's in it for me well you're gonna get somebody who we know has a very good work ethic and how about proof beyond a reasonable doubt? Well, you can look at his timesheet, and you can see the past ten years he has always shown up an hour early and stayed, you know, either an hour late or later than needed just to make sure everything gets done. So those two components are there. Yeah, we should give him the raise, or yeah, we should give him this opportunity. You know, um, and that's just kind of a <laughs> a small example, but just to kind of show people how it works. And I think, like, if I'm thinking of a negotiator, I really do think even more, more so, like they're gonna want to know, well, what's in it for me? Well, um, you're still gonna go to jail, but mm-hmm. you're gonna have the smaller sentence. And how about mm-hmm. proof beyond reasonable doubt? Well, I have, you know, the governor right here, and he's gonna prove right. for you. And then the governor's on the loudspeaker. Hey, man, just just give yourself up. What, you know? What everything he says is true. So those Mm -hmm. two components are there, you know, and I
1: think you can take that and run with it, man. Wow. Yeah. You know, we can go on and on about this. Um, I've got some more like things we can share uh, definitely in another podcast. But, man, I just kind of wanted to start this idea of of negotiating. Just kind of put that in the back of your head, because, you know, next time you go somewhere and, you know, you're at uh, a fabric shop or you're at like a a car dealership or you're even like somewhere to go, you know, I mean, musical instruments, I've negotiated for, you know, drum kits before. And so I realize now that you use it like every single day. Your kids, your kids are expert negotiators, man. They're going to they're going to say, I want the ice cream. And you're going to say, no, you can't have ice cream. And then they're going to just like they're going to ask you a simple question. Why? Why? And then you're going to say, well, I'm the parent and you do what I say, dude. And then I promise you they won't stop. They'll keep coming back at you like with a different proposal. Well, well, listen, if I do my homework first, then can I get the ice cream? I said no. And then they'll come back and say, well, if I eat all my food, can I have the ice cream? Like they're just they're in negotiators, man. And the thing is, is that when do we lose that? Like, when do we get to a point where we're just like, oh, I'm kind of timid about this negotiation. But if you look at your two year old, they're experts at doing it. And they get their yeah. way. Most most of the time, they get their way. They're really good. <laughs> so, it's crazy, oh, man.
0: You know, my daughter cries. That's how <laughs> she gets her way. Because we don't want to hear her cry nonstop. But it, the why thing, oh my gosh, that is so true.
1: Yeah.
0: Why? Yeah. Why? Why?
1: <laughs> yeah, why? Yeah, why? I
0: do think, you know, I do think negotiating is, that's a huge idea. That could be somebody's breakthrough, I do believe. Yeah. It is, you know, because maybe they're they're focusing so much on, you know, well, let's just get the product amazing. Let's just make this the best. But if you don't know how to negotiate and talk to people and and sell your product, sometimes it doesn't matter how amazing it is.
1: You know, yeah. Um, Well, go ahead. Well, I was going to say I wanted to like no pun intended. I wanted to land the plane with what I'm about to say right now is that uh, I was going to say that, you know, you talk about negotiating skills. And uh, Richard Branson, I I shared this not too long ago, that Richard Branson started his company by convincing Boeing to give him a plane that he didn't he didn't own. And that takes negotiating skills, man, like you, the breakthrough that I think a lot of people are waiting for and they're just hoping that an opportunity comes. Most of the time, the real, you know, successful people like the grants, like you read his book like the Richard Bransons of the world, they don't wait for it to happen. They go out and make Mm -hmm. it happen. They they take action and part of taking action is knowing how to negotiate, man. It's so important. So important. Yeah, that's good.
0: It's real good, man. (laughs) I I do think there's something to just taking action now, you know, Um, like don't, don't sit around and wait, you know, like uh, just jump out there, just jump down the stairs, go for the trick and get the motions of it and see and tweak it and, try it again and try it again and try it again. And, you know, and we talked about on the last episode, and this will be the last thing that I do to land the plane, so to speak. (laughs) Uh, You know, the only thing that's separating you from where you are to where you want to be is one idea. And, uh, you know, I I have a good friend of mine right now who is, I don't know when it clicked for him, but he's he's tired of the 9 to 5 and he wants to take a step. (laughs) <laughs> and at some point, maybe it was a small amount of success or it was just getting a taste of what it could be. he's gonna make the jump from the nine to five to the unpredictable you know uh full time musician type of deal, yeah, and you know it at some point something clicked he he had an idea that sparked the change for him to get to where he wanted to be, and he's going for it, you know. And uh, with that, there's going to be failure with that. There's going to be sacrifice with that. There's going to be unpredictability. But, you know, uh, if you do nothing, if you aim for nothing, you'll hit it every time. Absolutely. And if you do the same thing you've always done, you'll keep getting the same thing you've always got.
1: You know, so, that's absolutely right, man.
0: Uh, anyways, what a great episode, Mike.
1: Yeah, man, this was good. I look forward to the next one, man. All right, you guys go check us out on Facebook. We will talk to Absolutely. you soon. Absolutely, thank you.
0: Well, on this episode and every episode, we always like to close out with a uh, Albert Einstein quote. You know, and he says that. We cannot change our problems with the same thinking that we use when we created them, when we found out about them in the first place. So what it's going to take is us uh, changing our thought patterns and trying to come to to the realization that there's good ideas out there. We just have to know what they are and and we have to push ourselves to grow outside of our comfort uh, in order to have that life changing breakthrough idea.
1: Yeah, and there there are tons of solutions, suggestions, and strategies that we gave you today in every podcast. So we challenge you to use these in your day-to-day life and share it with somebody and invite somebody. And uh, let's help change lives. And as always, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you all the next episode.